When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm John Ryan, and this is Pod Roast. This week, Radio Times presents a podcast that's smaller on the inside than it is on the outside, at half an hour on pronouns and identity from Demi Lovato. So it's our 19th show, and this is the first time I tell you I have a full-size Dalek in my living room. I'm a 52-year-old man whose longest relationship is arguably with a TV show he's been watching since John Pertwee was in it. Which makes it even more surprising, this is the first Doctor Who podcast that I've featured. Doctor Who fans have always been enthusiastic creators. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was fanzines. In the 90s, we kept the show alive with fan fiction and spin-offs. And following the glorious return with the triumphant Davis, Eccleston and Piper in 2005, that creativity has materialised all over YouTube and the Podsphere. The latest edition of the RadioTimes.com podcast asks the clickbait question, will the Autons return in Season 13? Now, if you're not a scarf-wearing Whovian, as none of us ever call ourselves, that translates as, does the alien race, the nesting consciousness, return in the next series of the show? So if you are not we, as some fans like to call regular people, the Nestines famously can bring anything plastic to life and weaponize it. They appeared in John Pertwee's first adventure in 1970, and again a year later, before not appearing in Canonical Who until the first new episode in 2005. Shop window dummies that come to life, made of plastic told you i was a fan the podcast starts with four seconds of ukulele that's always four seconds too much hugh fullerton introduces himself and his guest radio times's gaming editor rob lean Rob compliments Q on his classic TARDIS Zoom background, and they riff on that for a bit. He makes a gag about the Autons being a relic, like his journalistic career, he says. Weird. And references a Reddit rumour that the Autons are returning to the show after a bus was spotted on a filming location with a suspicious ad featuring the word Autons on it. Hugh then tells Rob that Rob won't be saying much for the first few minutes, as he wants to give us a potted history of the Autons. And here's the first problem. Problem. Where do you aim a Doctor Who podcast? It might surprise you to learn it's quite a nerdy fandom, Doctor Who, and not just hoary old lags like me. It's the kind of show that captures the imagination, and that is likely to be a 21-year-old who stumbled across it aged five in 2005, as a three-year-old like me doing the same in 1972. And no matter how young the fan, we all know what an auton is. I could tell you every so-called fact Hugh pulls out a perfunctory wiki read with little color passion or opinion and you know what this fandom is absolutely full of color passion and opinion he describes them as life-size plastic dummies 
which if he weren't a fan might bring to mind the kind of thing a baby sucks on rather than the shop window mannequins they actually are rock pops up just to tell us he did some googling before calling in which makes me wonder why he's there anyone could have done that there's a moment when i was screaming mark benton at the speaker when they can't recall the actor's name for a few seconds and have to look it up that's the kind of expertise you come here for they say well no really either this is a who fan 101 kind of podcast in which case you should spend a little more time researching for those who don't know he played clive in rose perhaps the most famous episode of new who later they can't immediately recall the name of former monster the adipose or should it be aimed at uber nerds whatever their age doctor who fandom is lively more diverse than ever and on form unlike the show itself right now Uh, weirdly there are moments when hugh does sound like one of us it's just the whole thing is hugely underprepped like all podcasts i roast on here it's under edited too two guys have a poorly prepped chat without really the personality to hook you in that's even more unforgivable when the stable of this podcast is the radio times back in the day when it was owned by the bbc as a family jewel rather than being tossed around like a property of diminishing returns between publishing magnates this was the home of great doctor who content interviews artwork billings even the classic 1973 10th anniversary special even had plans for a dalek in it and the most beautiful specially commissioned photography ever taken for the show even now some of the best doctor who writing sits on the radio times website the reviews of classic who now delighting a new generation on Britbox, were written by the peerless patrick mulkern i half expected him to pop up on this one or in relating the story of the autons in the upcoming season back to their appearances in the 70s and noughties what a perfect opportunity to revisit some back issues of the magazine and provide some contemporaneous coverage they do go some way in discussing Praxius, a Jodie Whittaker story which featured the world's plastic problem and how that was a missed opportunity not to feature the Autons. And 12 minutes in, they warm up enough to talk about how the plastic aliens may update their MO to reflect current issues, as is the way of Chris Chibnall-era Doctor Who. But it's flabby and superfluous, more drashig than Davros. Buy some razor blades, raid the archive hook up with some of the fine podcasters and fan commentators out there, and Radio Times could and should indeed be the home of the definitive Doctor Who fan podcast experience. Now then, there was an explosion in the Gammon factory this week when Demi Lovato came out as non-binary. I first read about this in a community radio forum, surprised to hear comments like, would rather not deal with sexual preferences, etc., that get rammed down our throats all the time, and fair dues, and I won't give it any airplay nice Uh, but having been alerted to it by the fine figures of raw masculinity in the forum i headed over to where the story broke which was actually demi's own podcast 4d living in the fourth dimension means existing consciously in both time and space they start a bit like the doctor who podcast i just listened to but for me it means having conversations that transcend the traditional discourse they continue over the past year and a half i've been doing some healing and self-reflective work and through this work i've had the revelation that i identify as non-binary says to me with that said i'll officially be changing my pronouns to they them i feel that this best represents the fluidity i 
I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. Bravo to me, you sound confident and intimate and personal with us, ticking all the boxes that audio delivers so well to its audience. And just take a second to flick through their wiki. This is a turn who's navigated a lot of trauma and incident in their 28 years. If they've spent the time now to think through their life and emerge more confident, what's not to love? The Pauls, Marks and Rodneys in the original forum I checked this out in found that difficult to understand. But hey, that's toxic masculinity for you. Gender identity is always going to be tough for the demographic scratching themselves in a cloud of stale body odour and Febreze still calling women ladies and wondering why they're largely ignored by said ladies. And it's not even like Demi sets herself up as a spokesperson for her identity. She specifically deals with this, bringing on her friend Alok Vade Menon an author and campaigner instead in 2018 when i overdosed says to me i feel like the reason that happened was because i was ignoring my truth and i was suppressing who i really am in order to please stylists or team members or even fans that wanted me to be the sexy feminine pop star in the leotard I have to say, once you're into the stuff with Alok, we do get a little lost in showbiz. They're a character and a half too, recounting how Demi's laughter was so emotional and evocative on the night they first met at his poetry meeting in LA, obviously, dragged along there by a friend. They blow smoke a bit, but just before your finger goes to the fast-forward button, there is a fascinating bit where Demi matter-of-factly tells us that the friend that took her there to that poetry reading that night was Sam Smith, who's faced exactly the same kind of musky outrage that we're seeing now i just thought that was what i was supposed to be and now i just realize that it's so much more important to live your truth than to suppress yourself because that's the type of stuff that happens when you do they continue Demi is actually much better at this than Alok is, but they do come out with the lovely what i discovered is that shame is joy interrupted I did say they were a poet. You can actually hear Demi's exclamation at this moment and recognition of those two words audibly, and it's great. I'd argue there's a little too few of those moments, though. Occasionally, it's a bit lost in showbiz, as I mentioned before. Some of it's a bit queer 101, but then, as a way of making Demi's audience aware of this stuff, maybe that's what's needed. Quibbling is about 10% too long. It's very, very self-absorbed. I'd like to have heard Demi throw it out to the audience a bit more, maybe. But underneath that sugary LA layer, there's insight and thought-provoking stuff, like this from Alok. Living under the gender binary is painful for everyone because it makes us feel from a young age that love is contingent on disappearing ourselves and to fitting into what other people think we should be. One thing that does need a trim is the credits. This is a simple conversation between two human beings, but it's a collaboration between three companies. It has one producer, ten executive producers, two associate producers, and four editors and a sound mixer, all of whom Demi credits. I hope they're socially distancing. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed for Podrose. This week with the Doctor Who podcast from RadioTimes.com and 4D with Demi Lovato from OBB Sound, SB Projects and Cadence 13. I listen to these so you don't have to. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. 
and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.